Hi. Hello. Welcome. You're listening to Chin Chin, a brand new podcast where we talk about all things life, love, and everything in between that's worth raising a glass and toasting to. We're your hosts, Matt and Sophie, and each episode, we'd love you to join us for a drink as we catch up and share a few laughs because, after all, this is happy hour. This week, we're talking about all things sex, intimacy, and communication. From learning our personal boundaries, building meaningful relationships to having difficult conversations. We've got you covered. Grab a drink and let's chat. Chin chin. Hello, hello, hello. How are we? Good. How have you been, Maddie? What's been happening this week? Oh, I started work this week. How was it? It's been interesting, but I am fucking exhausted. I'm not going to lie. I'm so tired. It's hard coming back after like a period of time off, like from any job to like get back into the kind of groove of it. Hey. Yeah. I feel like I've come off school holidays and now I've got all this responsibility and I have to be an adult again. So how's everyone at work though? Like you, like your kind of people, or you know, or people still working from home, aren't they? People, lots of people still working from home. So like I've gone back into the office, Um, but yeah, it's been good. All my team is nice, but it's just kind of you know figuring out all that sort of new company policy, all that sort of normal bullshitty stuff that you got to do when you started a new job yeah uh, but it's been good but yeah i'm just ready to nap all the time so i don't know if i actually like working anymore it's just the money <laughs> you've gotten used to the life of podcasting and luxury where we just sit around and drink like you know, know going out for lunch going out for dinner wine sleeping and in. yeah chill out hang out and have a good time but yeah, it's COVID's like it's really like screwed me over for that one hey i feel like a lot of people have actually ended up in that situation where they've you know actually been kind of stood down or like their days have been reduced, but they're so they've got this like constant long weekend, and You've so I think it's a bit of a shock now. Yeah. I had a friend actually who was, um, she was working and um, she had just decided to start her master's, and mm. um, she was stood down at that point, or not stood down, sorry, she was just one day less, so okay. she just slightly reduced hours. Um, and she started her master's and was like, yep, and then they're like, actually things are like hectic when everybody doesn't need to be like reduced hours because it was at that really beginning of the pandemic where everything's super uncertain and so she was like oh my god like I have these huge assignments due and now I'm like busier than ever because they have to like make up for all these changes happening and like you know scrambling to keep clients and and she was just like what actually have I done so it's such a weird time for everybody yeah it's like balancing everything so it's like I've gone back to work I'm like managing that we're doing the podcast I'm like organizing a fundraiser. So it's like trying to figure out what's important now. I'm like, oh my goodness. But obviously today is important because we're here drinking champagne and catching up, which is the most important thing of the week. It's always a good time. (laughs) So this week we're actually drinking. We're having a Chandon Brut this week. So this one was just like always a little bit of a nice go-to because it's such a stunning day and it is Friday today. So we were kind of gearing up to go out for like an early dinner um, because we've, (laughs) you know. You don't trust me to cook again. (laughs) Uh, No, I don't trust you. I feel like you're cooking amazing but I feel like I feel a bit sad I feel like this would be really nice with like oysters or something but I you know like obviously like let's keep it real like we're all poor because we're yeah, like partially working month of work. come on let's be realistic I know and I'm not I'm, in the fridge but, I'm yeah. underemployed so it's like I'm not even working properly but yeah it's like kind of one of those it's such a nice um 
drop and I, I always really it reminds me of summer Shandon like yeah. it reminds me of summer and catching sitting up with friends pool. and sitting by a pool or looking out like on a nice deck or something and it's like you're just like hanging out with friends and it's just always a good time so I felt like this was a nice way to set off the weekend so um, I hope you guys are enjoying it at home as well because I feel like good things are coming like summer is here 2020 is wrapping up and it's going to be a good time and we have a long weekend as well so we have to start it off in in the right way exactly so speaking of weekends i feel like this is a bit of a weekend vibe friday night topic that we're talking about tonight yeah which is we're talking about all things sex um and you know i found out something really interesting um recently which is like i was catching up with a girlfriend who i haven't seen for a little while and um we we were just like having a bit of a catch up and she told me something that I didn't know before, which is like, you know, when you're um, dating and somebody cock blocks you, yeah. as is, like I would say, or I guess you would say as well. Gets I found out the potential that, hookup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Totally cuts your grass, like kind of cuts you off when you're, you know, trying to swoop on in. Yeah. Um, anyway, I found out that the equivalent um, for girls What's it called? Uh, do you, do, I do you no know? No. I didn't know either. And I was so like, oh, my God, that's amazing. It's called clitiference. Clitiference? Yeah. So if somebody cocks block you, cocks blocks you as a lesbian or if you're bi um, and they kind of come in and, and they totally, like, cut your grass, um, yeah. it's called clitiference. Isn't that's that amazing? So I've never heard of that. I loved it. I was like, as a woman, I was like, that's amazing. Like, I actually, like, am so on board with that. It's, like, kind of fun. Yeah. There you go. Have you ever been cock-blocked? Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm just so unaware. Like, I'm so bad at flirting. Like, I'll be in a situation, I'm like, am I flirting? What's going on? You're such a flirt. You know I what you're doing. I am such a flirt, but I feel like I don't know that I'm doing it. And then somebody else will get involved in the conversation. I'm like, look, don't get involved, <laughs> but still. Uh, is that because then you become aware? Because you're like, you're enjoying just having like a little bit of a float, but you wouldn't kind of see it that way until somebody kind of comes in. You're like, hang on, no, we're having a conversation. Is that what you mean? Maybe, yeah. I feel like I'm just a bit oblivious and I'm usually drunk, to be honest. So most of the time, <laughs> like 24, 24-7. I feel like floating is really like... I think it's quite natural for certain personalities. Like I would say I'm, I'm quite flirtatious and it's not even always like um, intended in like a highly sexual way. It's just like kind of banter for me or it's like innocent flirting. You're very extrovert as well. So sometimes I guess like if you're being friendly with somebody, it might come across as you being flirty anyway. Well, you said that the other day when we were out to lunch, didn't you? Yeah. You're always flirty with me. (laughs) (laughs) You wish jellyfish. What was it? Was no, you, the waitress? You, yeah, you were wondering if I was hitting on the waitress, and I was mm. like, I didn't think I was, but maybe she just liked I you a lot more than me. Gave off that like, vibe. I've dressed up nicely, like pay me attention too. <laughs> you just always want to have attention. I love the attention. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> but yeah, it's been like um, it, I thought that was really interesting when I found that out, and it made me like aware of like I guess like I don't know a lot of the kind of dynamics I guess in like a lesbian dynamic yeah. um, or even bisexual dynamic. Um, because I guess people who are in my kind of like, I guess, inner circle where we yeah. talk really openly and really candidly, like I don't have any friends who are like that's their sexuality. So I was like really stoked to find that out and it kind of made me realize that maybe I'm a little bit ignorant to some of the things that happen in some other communities and I just thought it was kind of cool to find that out and I just thought it was a quite a fun yeah, it's good Why to learn it something new. Yeah, I, I'm the exact same. I don't have any lesbian friends or anybody in that circle either. So, yeah, it's always good to learn something new. I've yeah. had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
Well, I mean, you don't know much about clits anyway, do you? I don't know very much about them either, no. (laughs) I missed that chapter in school. I was like, no thanks. It reminds me of my dad wrote a porno, which is another great podcast. If you guys, my favorite too. I had to stop (laughs) listening to it at work. And also when I would just drive in the car, because I would laugh so hard that I'd shut my eyes like from laughing. I was like, so dangerous on a highway. (laughs) Um, But it was like, I had to stop listening at work because I was being super obnoxious and laughing um, all throughout the office. And, um, but it's so funny. If you haven't heard of it before, definitely get on board. It is hilarious. But um, it's one of those funny things where it's like often in the book, the author who writes all this erotic fiction will just Rocky kind Flintstone, of- Rocky Flintstone. Rocky Flintstone. He'll <laughs> go completely rogue and just like say things that are just not quite uh, correct when it comes to the female biology, which Maybe is quite I wrote funny. Maybe the book. That's the truth. <laughs> You're Rocky Flintstone. Oh, my God. Help all the it women out there. It is a good podcast, there. though. It's- Pretty much my go-to. I recommend everybody to listen to it. So. Yeah, it's very funny. And it's also very great for, like, you know, I guess if we're talking all things sex this week, it's definitely if if you like something that's entertaining and it's, like, a bit cheeky and just kind of makes you laugh with awkwardness, that's a good one to get on to. So. Okay. Well, should we propose a toast? I think we should have a toast. What are we going to toast to this week? To having some good sex. Yeah. Toasting to that. Chin chin. Chin chin. So talking about sex can sometimes be a little bit uncomfortable and like sometimes we aren't always completely honest with others or ourselves. And I think like, you know, to help facilitate honest and candid conversations, Matt and I are going to completely throw ourselves out there. And um, this is slightly horrifying for us, but like sex shouldn't be horrifying and neither should talking about it. So we're going to do some answers that are going to be like our honest first things that come to our head. Um, and we're just going to like, throw it out there to get the conversation started today um so we're gonna a learning do, experience for us both hey? exactly a quick fire round so um be open-minded as long as <laughs> say and don't judge us too hard because we're just gonna we're trying to like normalize having conversations about sex as they should already be let's go all right here we go babe ready yeah i'm gonna start off what's the craziest place that you've ever had sex craziest place i've ever had sex i would say in a forest i started off as a bushwalk and you know went from there (laughs) have you ever cheated on somebody no i haven't cheated on anybody before um so i don't like think i've been cheated on either have you been cheated on i have been cheated on yes okay that's a bit of a shitty situation isn't it it is it's not ideal it's not ideal but then again you know not worth it emotional or sexual both Oh, sad. Emotional, I feel like it's almost harder. Oh, yeah, I feel like it depends on the situation, but, you know, what can you do? Um, how old were you when you first had sex? I was 17 when I first had sex. It was, like, right right at the end of school. Um, so I guess I was a late bloomer in that sense. Like, I knew a lot of people having sex before me. But um, And then after that, I didn't have sex for a really long time. It was almost quite traumatic. So I, okay. I didn't have sex for, like, maybe a year minimum. After that, maybe it was a bit longer. And how how many people have you had sex with? <laughs> just got straight to the choice. <laughs> oh, okay. We're asking some hard-hitting questions. Um, <laughs> Is that too much? I think in gay world, it's actually quite complex because you think about the people that you've had 
like sexual experiences with versus people that you've actually had like sexual intercourse what with. would you like to define your spy oh well if we're talking about sexual experiences the number the limit does not exist <laughs> but if we're talking about people that i've had anal sex with probably less than 10 okay yeah so it's different like i guess different degrees of sex so do you wait your question to me it's my question to you um, what's the craziest thing you've ever done in the bedroom? Um, <laughs> put a gal on the spot. Um, I actually can't think of something and I also feel like it's not safe for podcast. No. Okay. Yeah. Next question. You can ask me <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to use my get out of jail free card on that one. Okay, just that one. Okay. Um, do you send nudes? Yes, but never with my face. Okay. Um, what's the worst thing that's happened to you during sex? The worst thing that's ever happened to me? Um, I've had a condom slip off. (gasps) What happened? It got lost into the galaxy. Let's just say that. So it was like having to try and find that situation. It's like very grim, but that was like, that was not great. But it was like also... I feel like worse things could happen to people. So, like, oh, I feel like if that's the worst thing that's happened to me, then I kind of count my stars lucky. You are lucky. So, what is, like, have you had to have any hard conversations about sexual health with people? Lots, yeah, because I think boys are typically very bad with communicating. So, yeah, I've had lots of conversations about it. But, you know, that's all right. I'm pretty open and honest and I can have a chat. Um what is a kink of yours? Matt, you're <laughs> killing me here. I'm trying to ask you, like, nice, honest conversations, really but I'm okay. trying not to put you on the spot, and you're mm. just absolutely slaughtering me over else. here. That's my only question. Oh, God. Um, I have parents as well. <laughs> I know. Fuck. Um, I don't know if I have a kink per se, but, like, I, w- I will try most things. Like, I if, if you're some- a yes girl. Yeah, that sounds terrible. But, um, yes, I will be open to most things because I think it's fun and exciting to try new things with different partners that you're sleeping with. And I feel like if you um, – somebody might be totally really amazing at something that you haven't tried before and it can fucking blow your mind. So And other people can be horrific and put you off it forever. Yes, exactly. So it's like, you know, who knows. But um, what about you? Like, do you have any fetishes? You can't ask me the same question back. It's different. A kink fetishes. is something that you enjoy. A fetish is something. A kink is something that you enjoy yeah. and that you like enjoy, but you don't need to get off. A fetish is something that you need to get off with. Um, Do you have a fetish? Oh, I don't know. That's really. I don't know. That's a hard question. Um, <laughs> I feel like I have my fetishes that I have to have like a connection with you if we're gonna have sex. <laughs> oh, all right. Fucking okay. What do you like, want me to say? I my fetish is people coming in my face. <laughs> I mean, I too feel much. Like- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Everybody's okay. like. We'll move on to the next section of the podcast. Apologies for how inappropriate this has been, everyone. <laughs> This week we're talking about all things sex and I think like when 
when you're thinking about sex, like sometimes it can feel like it is, has to be this like a really amazing big kind of grand moment every time. And I think the reality of that is like, not necessarily the case. And I think though, generally, like it's very personal and something that, you know, people can relate to in all different ways, but because it's such an intimate thing, I think like with sex, no matter if it's in a casual situation or in a relationship, or even if it's kind of almost a forbidden thing, you should leave the other person better than before you found them. And I think that that's like something that everybody should try and keep in mind when like you're engaging with other people, because it's something that I think is really important. I think having sex with like, um, multiple partners or even like within your own kind of like relationship, it's something to kind of, I guess, be aware of many factors. Like you're dealing with relationships, complexities, you're also dealing with health complexities. And I think it's just really important that like communication is always open and honest because it's the only way that a, you're going to be having good sex and B is that everybody feels like that they're in a trusting situation where they can feel comfortable and enjoy themselves. So I guess like Matt, what, how important do you think sex is? Like, I guess like in a relationship, compared to like other factors? I think sex is a really, really important part of any relationship, but you have to have so many other elements kind of come into play for that to be effective. Like you can be having really great sex with somebody, but then not communicating. And then, you know, that can transcend to be something that's just not a very healthy relationship. So 100 percent. It can end up being toxic because you can get back drawn back in because you feel good in the moment or you're feeling pleasure. And then it's like, actually, this person is potentially be gaslighting you or or kind of like eroding your sense of self or self-confidence or even maybe they're ashamed and they're, they're hiding you away and nobody knows about you and it's like a forbidden kind of, you know, secret relationship or something. So it's not necessarily always a positive thing, even yeah. if the sex is amazing. So it's, it's definitely a big part of it and you want to be having, you know, good sex, you want to have the connection with your partner, but at the same time there's so many other aspects. So I think sex prior to being in a relationship, like when you're just like out on the dating scene or you're hooking up or you're going on dates, whatnot it's a completely different situation because there's no other meaning behind it it's just you meet somebody you have an attraction you kind of can just click with somebody and you're getting what you need from them but in a relationship it's it's a little bit more complex but do you I feel find. like though like do you feel though though like when you're single and you're having you know if you are going off and sleeping with people casually um do you feel though that that it's not as important to like, it's just pleasure because I feel like you still have to be super respectful of somebody, even if you're, and this is what I think is like, even if you're engaging with somebody as like a one-time thing, it's never going to be anywhere else. I, I don't know. Maybe this is from my like being female, but it's like, you want to feel safe because if you're going to somebody's house and you're feeling like you're putting yourself in a situation where you're in their house, like, you know, you, you want it to feel, you want to feel comfortable and safe so you can enjoy yourself and relax. Yeah. Because if you're not feeling comfortable, then it's like you're not going to ever I think get it depends. Off. I think it depends on how you're going into a situation. So for me as a gay guy, there's lots of situations, not necessarily with just me, but with, you know, the wider gay community, people will go to a hookup and that be primarily what it's for. So there's so, apps like So how Grindr. does that work? So there's apps like Grinder where you literally can log on and find somebody that is, you know, 
200 meters from you to have casual sex. And you both have that expectation that that's what you're there for. It's not really anything else. It's not going to be you having a conversation with them. It's not going to be you having dinner. So this dinner. is like you haven't gone out and been picked up like at the end, like, you know, gone out for a night out, like at a bar or a restaurant and you've been picked up. This is literally just like orchestrated over. Yeah, exactly. So it, that's literally what the purpose of that app is. It's just to, you know, meet people for casual sex. See, I haven't done that. So for me, that's like, that's why I guess like I, like, you know, I've slept with somebody casually and stuff like that, but it's like that has come off like me spending time with them either at a bar or something like at the, you know, throughout a night gauging them, feeling comfortable and like then, you know, not going to be, I'm not going to end up like chopped up into pieces and in the wall, (laughs) you know, like feel comfortable. It's like so interesting. We're very similar because I'm the same. Like I have to build some sort of form of trust and, you know, some form of relationship with somebody because I think it's really important to have, you know, communication, have all of those things first. Whereas some people, they do just go out and that's all that they want. So I knew this girl like who, um, she, this is when we were living overseas and she, um, she on Tinder, like had messaged this guy and she was like, I just need to orgasm. Like, I just want to have sex with someone. It's been ages. Yeah. Gone through a dry spell and I just need to end it so that I can just move on. I think she had, was also trying to get over somebody that okay. she had kind of been seeing. So she was using that as a way to get over that So she person. was using, yeah, sex with this person. And anyway, she messaged them and she was like, oh, yeah, this guy's pretty attractive, blah, blah, blah. She's like, just come over. And she had just like, let's just have sex. That's all I'm interested in. So mm-hmm. it sounds like this kind of like what is, I guess, like very, you know, normalized. Um like she had ventured into this for the first time and this guy turned up to her house and she said that he smelled, his hair was oily and she was like, Oh, hi. Like opened the door and just like, Hey. And it was just like, let's go like straight away. And she was then in a position where she was like, I'm not even like not attracted to you. Like I feel gross. And she put herself in a situation where she felt that she had to have sex with this person, even yeah. though she was not, it was not a vibe at all. Because there was like an expectation. Because it had been agreed upon yeah. over like an app. And she was literally like, oh, okay, come inside. Like felt super awkward. She said that they had sex and then he left and there was an oil stain on her pillow because he oh. hadn't washed his hair. And I was like, oh my God, that's so horrifying. But I think like that's a situation that is where... so like do you feel that you put yourself in these situations and then you can't say no? Yeah. Because it's like agreed upon. It's also a situation it's where It's like a bloody verbal contract. She you needs a union. Have, you have to be really, really open with your communication as well because if you don't want to have sex with somebody, regardless of the situation, yeah. you have to say no because okay you can't ever be pressured into that situation. No, and and you shouldn't. But also, like, so if you verbally say, like, yes, this is on, does that mean that, like, she shouldn't have to say no either? Like, it should just kind of – I feel like sometimes it should be, like, a vibe. Like, oh, we're not vibing. She goes, actually, look, I've changed my mind or whatever. But I guess she has to vocalise. Yeah, you, know, you have that, to have that, that conversation. Because he's think... already on the same page of, like, this is a goer. But also, like, so awkward for him. He's, like, come here. And then it's also, like, now he's, like, oh, like, I'm seen as not attractive. Or, like, that. so that then puts him in, like, an awkward position. I think, like, sometimes, like, agreeing to have sex with somebody before you've actually seen them. Because we not all know how idea. misleading, like, pictures can be and stuff like that. It's, like, because if you're not attracted to somebody you're not going to enjoy yourself and, and and it doesn't have to be from a vain narcissistic kind of sense, but 
you know, it has to be the vibe. Like it, it, it's all about feeling comfortable and vibing off someone. And I think sometimes if you pre-orchestrate, you take that element of that out because people can be really bringing like a good conversation or good vibe and make you feel really comfortable like over text messaging. But then when in real life you can get like a whole different um, demeanor from them. Yeah. So, and we've talked about this before. It's a case of, you know, your expectation versus reality where mm. you you speak to somebody on an app or you speak to somebody online and they're a completely different person. And So how has it gone for you though? Like it's obviously, it's been successful. Like hers seems like a horror story where it was Oh no, I've had a lot of bad experiences too. I think everybody has had a lot of bad experiences. It's just a case of I'm very vocal. Like if I don't want to do something, I'm very clear with people. And I usually don't put myself in a situation where I'm not comfortable. Like I would never ever agree to doing something like that because I just feel like I have to have a level of respect, a level of kind of communication with somebody before that happens. Yeah. But that's just the type of person that I am, whereas other people maybe not, and that's fine. But sex is a big thing, and it's something that you have to be comfortable with if you want it to be, you know, be good for for you and for somebody else. So you have to respect yourself and, you know, make good choices. I think as well, like particularly like when you're getting to know somebody too, like, you know, sex is such like, it's like fingerprints. Like it's, it's completely unique to every person of like what everybody's into. And, and like, you know, if they have like, you know, certain kinks or something like that, that they're interested in or, you know, sex in a certain way or feels better for them or something like that, or what kind of lover they are, you know, but it's like, I think when you're in those situations, like you need to be like open, but you also need to like be comfortable enough to then be like, I'm not into that or, you know, express yourself in that way. You know, like yeah. it's just something that I think is like a big communication, but it's funny because lots of people go, Oh, like, you know, you just don't talk about it. You just kind of make it happen. It's like, well, if you don't talk about it, then is it going to happen? But that's the thing. It's like if you're not going to have conversations, like regardless of if it's like a casual hookup or if you're in a relationship, if you're not having those conversations, how are you going to be having good sex? Yeah. Like genuinely, like that's a big question because if you don't understand what somebody else wants and you're not vocalizing what you want, you're going to end up in this weird situation where neither of you are getting where you want to be. Yeah. How do you feel like about like, you know, when you have been with somebody for like a certain period of time, it's like, obviously like if you're in a monogamous relationship and it's not open, then it's like, um, as you're going through that, it's like, obviously you're just connected with the one person. And I think a lot of people struggle with that because they get to a point where then they can sometimes maybe want to have new experiences it's not even that they're getting bored or like it's same samey but i think like sometimes that's how cheating kind of plays into things too because people are looking outside their relationship because they just want that thrill of like the first engagement with somebody for the first time yeah and it's like i think that's quite interesting because when you look at like i guess you know straight monogamous relationships Mm -hmm. they're very different to like what's often normalize in like from what i can understand the gay community which is like there's a lot of open relationships and you're not expected to get everything sexually from your partner like your partner is your partner for life and they're the person who you've got like aligned goals with and you love and support and stuff like that but it's also like you know because of the dynamic of how sex works 
in a gay community, from what I understand, obviously, like, this is me speaking as a yeah. straight woman, but it's like you're not, like, seen to have to have all those pleasures fulfilled by just one person. Like, yeah. you can be, if you're versatile or, like, you know, two tops or two bottoms, you can have sex with other people and and it's acceptable if you have that conversation with your partner. Yeah, and I think it just comes back to what we said before in terms of healthy communication because I have a lot of friends and a lot of people that I know in the gay community where sex isn't something that is a massive deal. It's something where, you know, people as a couple will have a conversation and say, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what's not being fulfilled by you. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't necessarily mean that our relationship's flawed. It just means that I need something else. And rather than it becoming kind of like this A divisive thing that ends a relationship Yeah, it becomes something that's just a really healthy conversation where they say, this is what I need. And then them sort of coming to an agreement and saying, okay, well, then maybe you can have sex with other people, but these are the boundaries. These are the things that we need to establish in order for us to maintain a healthy relationship. But it's about talking about it. So then that person doesn't go off and cheat on them or doesn't go off and do, you know, the wrong thing. Because if you have trust in your partner and you have open communication, then it often leads to to better things. 100%. I, I totally agree with that. How do you think, like, it should be managed if somebody's got, like, a really high sex drive and somebody's got, like, a lower sex drive? You know, how do you kind of facilitate that meeting in the middle where it's, like, somebody wants to have sex all the time and then mm. somebody is, like, a little bit, like, more it's sex isn't as much of a priority or it's, like, you know, particularly if, like, people are on medication and stuff like that, sometimes, like, that can kill your sex drive, like, side effects of the pill, for instance, for women or if you're struggling with mental health, like you know, having like antidepressants or anxiety medication that can absolutely like annihilate your sex drive. So it's like finding that balance sometimes in a relationship can be tricky. And it's like, you know, one of those kind of things, it's like, how do you meet in the middle as a couple? It might be finding different ways that you can be intimate with your partner as well. It might not necessarily be saying, oh, you know, this is what I need at the moment, but you're not giving me that. But it might be thinking, how can I maybe accommodate their needs and maybe do something different? You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, having sexual intercourse with them you could be doing something else and it could be trying to find other ways to become intimate to make them more comfortable to make them more open to communicating with you and just kind of you know finding your groove a little bit more with that person yeah 100 percent. which can be really hard if you're just like in a casual relationship or if you're very very new early days with somebody but when you're in a long-term relationship i think for people that I know, um, it's a case of, you know, one, that open communication and two, just compromising a little bit and finding, you know, you know, figuring out what works for them, what works for you. And as long as you're both making a little bit of an effort to make it work, then usually it's not a massive issue. What do you think? No, I think so too. I think it's like, it's like a bit of a compromise and like setting expectations. And then also like, you know, being able to like make sure when you are having sex that both people are being fulfilled. And it's like, you know, that's like, so you might not have for somebody who's got a high sex drive that might not be as much sex as they would ideally like. And for the person who's got a low sex drive, more sex than they would probably usually be having. Mm. But it's like you're meeting in the middle, you're both like getting pleasure and joy from it. You're both like bonding with it. And it's, I think like that's a good like point to be at if you do find yourself in a situation where one is completely one side or the other. But I think that that's like important to have that compromise rather than just going off and kind of like looking elsewhere. And there, you know, if that's not something that you guys have discussed, like in the relationship, you know, yeah no agreed 100 percent. 
I think it's interesting to like look back on like, you know, when you first start having sex, it seems like such a big deal because it's like, I guess that transition from being essentially like a kid to like being an adult and starting to like be able to make conscious decisions about, you know, you know, being engaged with other people in that sense. And it's like, um, it's just quite interesting because it's like, I guess the expectations and the reality of having sex, like when you're young, like everything feels really new and exciting for the first time. And like, everything is just like a quite a thrill. And it's like, you're chasing that thrill. Cause it's like, every time you have sex with another person, it's different. Even if it's, you know, you're, you're doing the same things. It's just like, but then you start to get to those points where you start to explore like sex. That's not as, I guess, straighty 180, like by the book. And it's not like, you vanilla. start not as vanilla as they say. Um, but it's like, that's a whole different kind of pathway and it can be thrilling, but it's also like, if it's something that you're kind of like not expecting, it can throw you kind of a bit of a curveball and it's like, okay, how do you handle that? Like, have you ever been in one of those situations before? I have been in a situation like that before where I was probably 19, I think either 19 or 20. And it was just after I'd come out and I'd met this guy when I was out at a nightclub with a couple of my friends. And I was like, oh, yeah, this guy seems nice. Um, and you have this whole, like, weird reality in your head where you think, oh, yeah, this could be something more. Like, he's nice. We get along. We have a bit of a connection. And I remember him saying to me, oh, um, we should catch up in a few weeks and go on a date. And I was like, oh, that sounds nice. The day ended up being him driving to my parents' house and oh. getting McDonald's and us what? sitting in my room watching a movie. <laughs> And I was like, oh... Oh, to be 20. This wasn't, That's a date. <laughs> this wasn't exactly what I was expecting. Um, but then, like, things got a little bit, you know... Matt's, like, got the champagne and the oysters ready, like, today. And he's no, like, Hang not on a necessarily minute. that, but what I just kind of Mackie assumed... D's? No, I just assumed it would be a little bit more romantic Of course. That. Like, that's a bit gross, but yeah. I understand what you're saying. But obviously things... One thing led to another, and it was a little bit steamy. And <laughs> old mate started, like, you know... One thing led to another. And then he said to me, he said, oh, do you have any duct tape? And I was a bit like, oh, like maybe in the shed, but I'm not really sure why. And he's like, oh, oh I want to no. tie you up. Oh, okay. And I was just like, oh, like innocent Is that something you had me. done before? No. Okay. <laughs> and I was a little bit in shock and I was like, oh, like, I guess we could try this, but I'm also at my parents' house. I don't really know you that well. That gives me fear that you're in the family home. <laughs> So we go and get this duct tape. Oh my god! I love that you're like, let's go down together. (laughs) It's right next to the axe. Yeah. Um, Oh my god! Stress me out. He did end up tying me up, and it was a very weird situation. Um, Did you enjoy? I didn't love it, to be honest. I felt like I was in a horror film, but (laughs) you know, it was an experience, and like you said before, you have to be open to things. It's all about just. Giving it a go, a red hot go. Yeah, but then he ended up um, seeing my parents' car pulling into the driveway and I was like, oh no, this is not the opportunity for you to meet my parents. I think it's time for you to go home. And I was in like a granny flat. So I was just like to him, okay, as soon as my parents like pull in, go into the garage, you need to go. So I'm like tied to the bed. Oh my God. Like taped to the bed. (laughs) And I'm like, you need to get out of here, mate. Like literally off your pub. So he goes out the side door and I'm there left. He didn't didn't unduct... Take you first. 
Untie you. Oh, my God. So how long were you trapped there for? Did you eventually get out? I eventually got out, but that's another story in itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, Matt. So, yeah, open to new experiences. But sadly, um, our relationship didn't lead anywhere and I'm not married to duct tape guy. But... You know. That is so funny. Jerry, it's always the people that you can't quite figure out. I remember I met this guy on a film set, like, when I was overseas, and I was just like, he was not my usual type, but there was something about him. He's he just kind Irish. of like, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't Irish. <laughs> he wasn't Irish or from, like, the Sunshine Coast, which seems to be, like, my one of two one options of two that options. I tend to date. Yeah. Sam's the only exception to that, and maybe that's why he's lasted so long. That's why he's done well. Um, but I remember... <laughs> I couldn't figure this guy out. There's something about him and it just intrigued me because it's like, I feel like I'm pretty good at reading people. So for him, it was kind of like breadcrumbing me a little bit along. And I was like, I was like, but I was just like something that you're, um, he would say, and I would think I had him pinned and then he would say something and it just completely, and I'd be like, oh, that's not what I expected. And so I kind of, I'd only known him for a very short time. Like, and anyway, like a couple of days that we were on this like shoot together. Anyway, we went out for a rap party, which is like what happens when you finish filming. And so anyway, there was a bit of a vibe going on and I was like, okay, like I feel like this could be an option because be I hadn't, option. <laughs> I couldn't, I hadn't dated anyone for a really long time and I was going through what, what we call a dry spell. Oh, so it's like, so I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm ready to get back on the bandwagon. And this guy seems interesting. He's definitely got me intrigued. Um, I can't believe I'm telling the story. So anyway, we went back to his house and I was like, okay, this seems like fine, like very normal. And then we got into his bedroom and he turned the lights on and all the lights, normal lights went off. And there was just a red light over his bed. What? Yes. And I, and he was like, I thought we could try something. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I had just shit. finished watching Dexter, by the way. And so I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Is that climbing to this plastic sheet? That's literally what happened. No, he didn't. No, <laughs> Not he even so getting you. <laughs> no, he didn't. There was plastic on the bed. And he was like, I think we should give this thing a go that I've seen. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> uh, that's what I mean. I was like, oh, my God, I made a terrible decision. This guy was a Buddhist. So I thought he was going to be super fucking chill and, like, very, like, yeah, like, I don't know, like a chilled out guy, but there's like went into the red room and it was like, there was plastic on the sheet. He's like, I thought we could try this thing. And it's like, there was oil everywhere. It was like fucking intense. I mean, look, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a time, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't necessarily go and do it, have that experience again. Yeah. There was definitely a point where I thought, I could I I because I had finished watching Dexter I was like this is the plastic sheet where he murders me on um but it was actually like it was something that seemed very intense and it was a very like specific kind of experience but it was something that I was like oh well like that's not something I would necessarily orchestrate with somebody else but it was like an experience you're being and it was very like, vague you need to explain to me exactly what happened because I'm really confused it was like it was just like it was basically, it was really weird. It was just like everything was covered in oil. So it was very slidey around, which means that it was like, basically it was like very intense sex with a lot of like general oil. And that oh. was, there was, there was like plastic on the bed. So it was like not to fuck up the mattress, obviously, because, oh, you know, yeah. but it was like this really intense sex 
situation I think because the light was all red and there was like all this really intense music on it was like full on like I felt like I was like I did definitely have a moment where I thought oh my god is there a hidden camera here like is this a porno like yeah, because obviously they're on a fans. film set yeah oh my god can you imagine um but then anyway it was like this full-on experience and he was like and like I said he was a kind of a bit off like a little bit there's something about him that was a bit weird and so anyway it's like look I didn't reach Nirvana, let's just say that. Like, even though he was a Buddhist, didn't quite get to heaven. But it, there's too much oil involved. It just, like, basically slid off, slid out the door. Like, off slid I go. So, But it was just – it was a weird experience and it was something that I was, like, not expecting and it was something that I definitely thought, like, I would have – I. F- there was that moment of being, like, kind of thrilled when I first, like, saw that, like – fucking bang of that red light go Mm. on and but then I also was like I might die to here in this little shitty apartment in London but it was weird because it's like we then like saw each other a couple times after that and then it just got to the point where he was actually like slightly sadistic there was something I think that was just definitely off with him so I feel like I dodged a bullet in the long run but it was like an experience that was definitely like something that happened when I was younger that I was like wow this is definitely not a normal go home date with somebody. So that was interesting. And I think that that is the biggest thing. It's like when you go home with somebody that you don't necessarily know, you don't know what they're into. And it's like, or when you're sleeping with somebody for the first time, you just have no idea what situation you're going to end in. That's really intense for a first time hooking up with somebody. First time having sex with somebody. And I was like, I think if, I don't know. Maybe he thought because I'm quite an open person that I would be like, yep, that's fine. But it's like the way that he kind of gauged that with me was just very like full on. Like it was just like a big reveal of like the bang, like flicking of the lights. And it was just like red room suddenly. And I was like, oh my God, I could die. I just feel like he's a bit of a weirdo because. But it was actually, look, it was an experience and I don't regret it. It was definitely fine, but it was like, and I wouldn't have pursued it if I didn't feel that it was okay because mm-hmm. I am definitely very like safe, like vibes first. Okay. And I did have that moment of being like, oh, maybe I've misread you because you are a bit hard to read sometimes, but I didn't feel uncomfortable. And if I had felt uncomfortable, I would be like, look, this isn't for me. I'm going to go. Yeah. But I was kind of like, this is definitely a way to get back back on the bandwagon. <laughs> Jesus it's Christ. Like, definitely end of the desert. Uh, see, I find sometimes with people like that where they're a bit intriguing and they're a bit kind of vague and kind of don't show exactly who they are. Because I'm like you. Like, I am a really good judge of character. So I'll always kind of figure somebody out, like, very early on. And I think sometimes you find those people and they're all kind of like they're very interesting and you want to know more about them. But when it actually comes down to sleeping with those people, they end up being very boring because they end up putting on this big facade to try and get you all interested and excited. And it turns out that they're like the most vanilla person on the planet. And look, there's nothing wrong with vanilla sex. Like, let's just like, if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. And and that's cool too. Like, but I think the thing is like with any sex, it has to feel good and you have to get pleasure and it has to be, you have to be in a trusting environment. And I think that's what was a little bit kind of like, I guess like both of our situations that we just said was like, there wasn't like a, like an ongoing trust. It's like, this is an early, like kind of interaction with somebody. And that's what kind of makes it exciting. But then at the same time, you're also like, like I had that moment of being like, especially as a young female, like I have had it drilled into me. Like, you know, I never send nudes. Like I've never in my life sent a nude photo. And that is not necessarily because I have any issues with it. 
or, you know, with my body or anything like that. It's like nothing to do with that. It's more so because it has been drilled into me so hard that like, if you do that, somebody will use that and weaponize it and use it against you as a female and use it to shame you. And I think a lot of kind of like with sex, particularly for females, it's used to shame and control. Mm. So like to have an experience like that, which is so intense and like so full on, it's like, you know, it was definitely an interesting experience, but it's like to do that when there's like, you don't have like trusted, like that's when you kind of go like, oh, am I kind of like, have I gotten myself in a situation that like could get out of control very quickly? Like, you know, <laughs> you ended up being left tied up. I definitely had a moment where I was thinking, oh my God, is there a camera in the room? And then I thought, well, you know, what can I do about it at this point in time? Like, I feel safe. I've like, you just <laughs> slid right out of the oily door. Like, seriously, my God. But it was, um, you know, it was, look, it was an experience and I don't regret it by any means. Um, but it was just like, you know, that he was just definitely was not the kind of person for me on a personal level, but it's just like, that was an experience that was interesting and yeah. like, you know, has definitely opened my eyes to like adventurous like types of sex and stuff like that that's like you know it's kind of fun to be a yes person trying new things because yeah. at the end of the day like we're all adults everybody listening to this podcast is an adult close your ears of your tiny children if they're sitting in the back seat and you're just like mumming it hard or you know on the dad life but it's just like you know sex is part of being human it's part of connecting with other people and it's part of having a really fucking great time and like you should never be shamed or feel uncomfortable when you're having sex and i think like it's important to share like stories like ours which are a little bit kind of off the beaten track where you're kind of like what the fuck how did that even happen because the thing is like i think those kind of things happen to more people but nobody talks about them because there's like this kind of sense of either shame or there's like a stigma that or, it's a little bit yeah or for women shameful. they get slut shamed or something mm. and it's like if you've had more than like the same amount of partners that you can count on your hands and it's like why is that a thing like why is it that in straight communities like women get shamed for having multiple partners it's like if you're single for 10 years you know does that mean that you like can only sleep with x amount of people like how how are you supposed to meet somebody who's your partner if you're not going and throwing yourself out there and seeing if you connect with somebody physically and emotionally and you know so it's quite interesting and i think it's just one of those things you yeah. know it's used to control complex. sometimes yeah and it's one of those things where you have to like you said be open but you have to be comfortable and you just have to focus on you know when you're single finding people that are respectful and open and honest and that are respecting your boundaries and when you're in a relationship about having really really open communication and finding what each person needs and what they want so that you're having really really good sex and you're also mindful of the other person 100 percent. and i think it's like look it's always good to try new things like with like different people and stuff like that and like within your relationship as well and just kind of see like what you guys like connect with both together because sometimes you can try something that like you've never done before and it and it can kind of like because you're both experiencing it the same time together it can be like bond you in a way that you're like well we both fucking hated that that was shit yeah. <laughs> do you know what i mean but it's quite funny because like i feel like there's like this thing it's like when people have been in a relationship for a long time i remember hearing this story like a couple years ago and it's like there was like this guy who had um they were like, he had like a broken foot or something. So he had a big moon boot on and they were like, um, <laughs> they were like, okay, well like quickly, let's like have sex before we have to go run out and do all our errands or something for the day. And it was like organized, like scheduled in time to go have sex. And then it was literally like the girl was like, 
ran into the bedroom was like shotgun bottom and like laid down and it's like oh this guy goodness. came in with a moon boot and, and i was just like wow that's real like a couple moment for you guys and you realize you're, you're at a point in your relationship where you're yeah. scheduling in sex somebody's got a moon boot on and someone's still shotgunning like i don't want to do anything i just want to feel nice and like let's get on with our day so i think it's like i think sometimes when you're in those situations like you that's fine and that's normal and like you got to go through that sometimes but then it's like you got to fucking shake it up and feel spicy sometimes too because it's like you should feel empowered whether you're a male or a female and you should never have feel shamed by sex and you should just enjoy it and it should be yeah. fun and you've got to learn what works for you and what's going to make you happy and what you enjoy so it's all that's all part of it a hundred percent i feel like we should do a cheers we should do a i cheers. feel like it's cheers time grab our beautiful shandon um so i feel like we should cheers to trying new things mm-hmm. and being open whether you're single or you're in a long-term relationship because both are important i agree and to enjoying ourselves and having really good sex chin 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 thanks so much for joining us this week as always, we love chatting, sharing some insight, and toasting to another episode. Please subscribe to Chin Chin however you get your podcasts, and follow us on social media to keep up to date with our adventures. You can find us at Chin Chin Chats on Instagram and Facebook. We'd love to hear from you and what you're toasting to. Bye for now.